Welcome to the Reflective Teaching in a Digital Age podcast series. In these conversations, we discuss technology-inspired changes in STEM education. The title of today's episode is Teaching Ethics and Engineering. Nicole and I will talk with Dr. Chin Zhu, who is an associate professor in the Department of Engineering Education and affiliate faculty in the Department of Science, Technology, and Society and the Center for Human-Computer Interaction at Virginia Tech University. His research interests include engineering ethics, global and international engineering education, engineering cultures, and the ethics of human-robot interaction and artificial intelligence. Hi, Chin. Thank you for being part of our podcast series. And we're looking forward today to learning about teaching ethics as part of engineering education. To start our conversation, if you don't mind to introduce yourself to our audience and perhaps talk a little bit about your background and research interests. Yeah, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Natasha and Nicole, for your invitation. It's my great honor to be uh, included here. Um, my name is Chinju. Uh, I'm currently assistant professor uh, of, in the Department of Humanities, Arts and Social Sciences at the Colorado School Mines. And in the fall of this semester, uh, 2022, I'll be joining Virginia Tech in the Department of Engineering Education as associate professor. So I was trained actually as a applied ethicist uh, with a special interest in, you know, understanding uh, ethics of technology and how to teach ethics to engineering students. And then I came to the U.S. I did my second PhD in engineering education. Um, so I have a background in uh, humanities and, uh, you know, engineering education as well. So my interest really now, um, I think, um, are in two different fields. One is uh, engineering ethics education, basically looking at um, how cultural values, uh, norms, institutions are communicated in less traditional um, ways to students, such as uh, extracurriculum activities, such as, um, you know, similarly, uh, such as uh, engineering courses, which are similarly irrelevant to uh, ethics learning outcomes, right? These kind of like less traditional ethics learning um, opportunities. And my second research area is uh, ethics of uh, human-robot interaction. Uh, I'm looking at how to design uh, social robots um, that are able to uh, contribute to a more, uh, let's say, a flourishing um, uh, I call flourishing moral ecology for human uh, robot interaction. In other words, how we as humans can benefit morally from working with robots and uh, better understanding ourselves. So yeah, so these are my two major areas uh, of, of research interest. Thanks, Jin. So you talked about, um, well, Natasha mentioned in your bio this idea of teaching ethics in engineering. Can you say more about your experiences there, um, both in terms of your research interests and also in your teaching teaching approach? Yeah. So um, here at School Minds, when I was hired, my major task was to teach ethics across the curriculum. So I was hired, firstly, as a postdoc in the ethics across campus program uh, at Colorado School Mines. So I've done a variety of things all related to ethics, education, and engineering. Um, I've done, I've been teaching a, a, a one credit hour graduate level course called Introduction to Research Ethics. The goal is to basically uh, teach students in uh, engineering students in graduate programs about uh, uh, responsible kind of research. Um, then I'll be teaching um, uh, robot ethics uh, co-teaching, actually, co I've been co-teaching this with a computer science colleague. 
I've, re I've really enjoyed that uh, teaching that course. And then I've been um, teaching uh, another course called Research Values Communication. That is course co-taught by me, a geophysicist, and then a communication studies scholar. So our goal in that course actually is to really uh, integrate th three components in this course, uh, research, uh, moral values, and communication, because we believe that both moral values and communication are integral to, uh, to, com to research. So in other words, research is not a value neutral, right? Sort of like your research interests often are shaped by your personal values, by your personal uh, uh, goals, right, you want to achieve, um, or maybe a professional goals you want to achieve. And then um, and this, this kind of like values often affect, the, you know, the research topics you will be choosing, how data will be collected, who you will be studying, and eventually, you know, how you want to communicate your research to, uh, to the targeted audience, right? Um, and then as part of the ethics cross-campus program, so I've been helping faculty in engineering um, departments integrate ethics into their uh, technical curriculum. And uh, right now I'm working on um, mainly projects related to, again, the, I would call the cultural critical approaches to engineering ethics education to understand ethics education really as a, uh, a cultural phenomenon, uh, uh, you know, to be understood by diverse stakeholders, more than just faculty, more than just students, but diverse uh, stakeholders. And then I, I, I've become a little bit critical of um, uh, dominant approaches to ethics teaching now, uh, including the so-called integration approach, right? Because what I'm what I'm thinking here is now that a lot of people would agree probably that ethics is integral to um, to engineering design or process. But if that's the case, why do we have to integrate back integrate ethics back into engineering if ethics is already existing in in engineering? So what we are trying to do, I think, as ethics educators in engineering or engineering educators in general, is to help students discover uh, ethical concerns or ethical meaning that already exist in engineering to make these considerations more visible rather than decontextualize engineering problems um, for the purpose of teaching and then integrate ethical concerns back into the engineering curriculum. I think integration, there, there, there needs to be a better term than ethics integration or integration. Um, I may be interested in calling it instead of ethics integration, maybe ethics inspiration. So um, yeah, so what I'm now doing is to help to inspire students to, to discover or rediscover the ethical issues that are so central to the design um, in engineering. Chin, I have a question maybe to step back a little bit and look at the ethics education more broadly, especially for right. some of our listeners who might not be that familiar with details of that. Uh, do you mm -hmm. mind to kind of give us a little bit of a broader understanding of what is ethical education and engineering? What do we, ex what are the goals of it? What do we expect the students who would complete, say, undergraduate right. degree to get out of ethical education, if you don't mind? Right, right. That's a really, really good question. I can answer this question probably from um, different perspectives. First, uh, from a very fundamental uh, perspective, uh, which uh, we may want to ask, what is ethics, right? Um, this question can be answered from different, again, different cultural perspectives. Um, again, this, my response can be uh, oversimplified, let me put it this way, 
because from this Western tradition, people understand ethics is mainly about uh, sort of like ability to know what is good, distinct to what is what is bad, right? Morally. Um, so this is based on this kind of like um, uh, assumption that um, we as humans are capable of knowing what's good versus what's bad. Therefore, we have the uh, capacity to do what is good. Okay, so this is more of like Western tradition. Therefore, you know, if you are teaching ethics to engineering students, the goal is basically to teach um, ethical judgment making skills so that students are able to understand in this particular scenario what's good, what is, what's bad, right? And then make a choice what needs to be done. However, there's always a disconnect between the moral epistemology, in other words, the knowledge of, of, of morality, knowing what's good, what's bad, and the actual behavior of students, what actually they will be doing, right? So we're assuming that knowledge itself will lead to moral action. This is more of like Western approach. Now, non-Western approaches often assume that it's sometimes it's not always easy to distinguish uh, what's good from what's bad. And what's more important for non-Western traditions is that how to be a good person instead of the moral epistemology, what is what is good, what is bad, right? So, for instance, in the Eastern Asian cultures, at least, um, people are concerned more about how to be a good person. What are the sort of like a practical ways in everyday life and that will make you um, uh, grow toward becoming a good person. So if we apply that approach to uh, engineering ethics education, then the goal of ethics education in engineering is not simply about teaching the knowledge about morality to students and expect students to, to behave uh, on the basis of the knowledge. Instead, the goal is basically to really work with students, help students discover what their, what their values are, and then um, find ways to create an environment that will help students um, develop their moral self and grow and reflect and then uh, become good engineers. So um, these are um, two different ways of understanding ethics and how ethics is related to ethics ed engineer education. And uh, certainly we can also look at it from a policy perspective like um, uh, accreditation, right? So if you look at student learning outcomes, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, put together by, by Ebit, you will notice that ethics is considered actually there as a, uh, sometimes, some people perceive it as a non-technical, but I think Ebit um, experts uh, uh, would actually consider it as a technical skill to, to make ethical decisions that are, uh, are justifiable and that also consider a variety of social implications, including global, environmental, and then, um, uh, economic, you know, uh, sustainability goals, right? So uh, from a policy perspective, ethics is considered as a technical skill that needs to be taught in, uh, in an engineering curriculum. Um, so I'll stop here. Um, there are a couple of thoughts I, I'm sure uh, later will be mentioned. Thank you. So um, as you were talking, it kind of sparked something in my head, just thinking about how um, you talked about the individual, the autonomous individual acting as an ethical being. Mm -hmm. But engineers don't always only right. work. They don't work by themselves and they don't always right. work with engineers. Right. So if each of us are considered to be these autonomous ethical being, 
what does that look like in a setting that where learning is social, where we're putting students in teams or we're working across cultures or we're working across people who define and devise problem solutions differently? Right. This is a really good question, Nicole. Um, I think more work needs to be done in the field that better connects um, what we have done so far, mainly is, like you said, is about um, developing, help individual students uh, develop their moral judgment making uh, skills, right? To connect that with the teamwork environment, basically. Because like you said, um, engineering students and practicing engineers are expected to uh, work in collaborative, collaborative teamwork environment. Um, therefore, the, there are questions we have to address first, is that um, whether being a moral person, a, a moral in the moral engineer as, you know, as an individual engineer is the same thing as being a, a moral team member. And how, how will this individual engineer benefit morally, again, from working as a team member, from collaborating with others? And how will this individual engineer, sometimes their moral capacity will be enhanced or limited by um, other team members, um, you know, working, you know, collaborating together, right? So these are all very important uh, issues. And then another really interesting point uh, is that, you know, because the major focus now assumption, again, philosophical assumption is to really focus on this sort of like um, uh, autonomous, um, rational individual engineers. Now the problem comes that the old assessment tools we have developed are mainly based on this assumption, right? So I think it's also important to develop tools to assess the well, two things. One is the role, the, the, the moral role of these engineers on the team, right? And also in general, the, the moral culture of the team because I think these are important. Maybe in the future, when people are talking about assessing ethics, you would actually include three things. One is to evaluate, you know, the morality of the the moral development of individual engineer. Secondly, is to evaluate the culture, the, the ethical culture of the team. And thirdly, you may also want to look at well, what, is the, what is the role, how to assess the role of this particular engineer that contributes to the moral culture of the team, for instance. So. I think that's a that's a wonderful wonderful question. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, that's very interesting discussion, and you know, getting uh, more practical, thinking about classroom environment, and maybe if we can focus more on say first year engineers. How do you start cultivating the mindset of an ethical engineer when the students start their learning? Mm-hmm. So um, are we, uh, I'm assuming that we, um, most of us actually um, as engineer education researchers or uh, practitioners often um, pay a lot of attention to um, an undergraduate students, especially first year uh, engineering students, right? So um, again, a couple of things um, I want to start with uh, often um, are like uh, broader discussions. First, let's, let's make sure that we, um, there are two things uh, I think are important. Um, one is that, um, you know, in current ethics education system, I think there's a misunderstanding. It's basically to say, well, I teach some ethics in this class, 
well, my colleague is doing ethics in their class, maybe second or um, third year or fourth year, right? So we're assuming that all of these um, different ethics modules, different ethics learning experience will together help students grow as uh, to become a uh, ethical engineer. However, very few of us actually thought about, okay, what is it, what, what are the connections between these different components of ethics education, right? Do we coordinate uh, ethics education from the perspective of the curriculum, right? Do we say that, well, students at different levels of learning, they may have different perceptions of ethics. They may have different, um, you know, uh, assumptions about what an ethical engineer uh, should be, right? I mean, research has shown that students, um, you know, when they started their first year, they often tend to be more passionate about uh, their ex expertise, how the expertise were, were, were built a moral uh, and socially just world. And this kind of like passion about welfare of the public later decreased as students uh, become professionalized. So of course, students learning can be different. So I think the first assumption is that we need to challenge is that um, the students, they have different levels. I mean, they have different years, they have different expectations about ethics education. We have to be aware of that. And then we coordinate ethics education at different levels with a much larger goal, how we want to build a methodical, uh, how we wanted to educate a, uh, a moral engineer, right? The second thing I want to mention is that uh, more specifically, first year engineers, uh, for sure, is that most of these programs, um, I think, at least in my uh, oversimplified understanding is that many of the programs often share a common goal, which is to really inspire engineers, get them passionate about, uh, you know, their, their, their future. So what I'm trying to say is that there are several ways I've tried in the, in the past, I think might be, might be relevant to our discussion here. Uh, for instance, instead of uh, just randomly pick an ethics module and put it in the engineering course, especially a first year engineering course, the engineering instructor would be beneficial for the, the instructor to think more about the technical content, how to make visible the ethical issues that are so naturally, you know, um, arising from the technical discussion. Um, I have, um, uh, I borrowed actually a method from my colleagues actually uh, at uh, uh, Arizona State University. Um, I was a graduate student uh, and was involved in that group. The group is called Social Technical Integration Research, STIR. And um, they invented sort of like a, a framework or protocol that uh, would actually help students self-reflect the, the ethical considerations that arise from their everyday technical decisions. So you have like different uh, quadrants, right? And starting from the very beginning, it's called opportunities. Basically, these quadrants um, uh, invites students to think about the technical problem they want to solve or the, the opportunities they might be able to change or the design or um, or solve a problem, for instance, right? Now, the second quadrant is basically called considerations. So you actually could do it by yourself, right? You can ask yourself, okay, what considerations I have here, right? Um, just list all these. Don't um, distinguish either whether some are technical or social at this moment, right? Or you could actually do it by inviting your team member to interview yourself, let's say, right? Or you can interview your, your friend as well, right? So look, listing all these considerations, right? And then 
the third quadrant is, is called alternatives, right? So what are some of the alternative solutions that you are considering, right? And, and then the fourth quadrant is basically what it, and basically document the whole problem solving process and to say, what are the outcomes you actually have achieved? So with this iterative process, uh, the student uh, is able to basically um, better understand where these social considerations actually come from, how they are connected to like everyday technical decision making, even like selecting a particular kind of material, right? So the more important part is actually for students to have this kind of like thinking, right? Social, technical, they're not separate. They actually, they are connected to each other. So that's activity that I've used. Um, and there are other activities um, I often used, um, such as um, I asked the students to write um, some sort of like an autobiography in a class. And um, this is like uh, writing a journal, for instance, right? So um, uh, writing a journal entry. So I asked the students to, to do it like on a weekly basis to reflect on their engineering learning experience, what they have, what they have experienced, and then um, what some of the problems they, they have found out, see how they are solved and any particular decisions they have, they have made, what values are underlying these decisions, right? So sort of like a self-reflective uh, self capacities building. I also ask the students in my graduate level class to write a, a personal ethics statement, right? To really reflect on the values they want to live by and then the, the kind of like professional engineer they want to become in the future, right? And, um, and one critical component for that assignment is basically that I don't really limit my students to like, you know, any particular kind of form of um, uh, presentation, right? So I ask them to be as creative as possible. Some of my students, they, they really like music that you wrote a song and actually um, they, they play the song in the class and they, some, some students actually, they, they, they did dancing. So that was really, uh, really, really exciting. Um, so in general, uh, what I'm saying is that um, you can create a many different um, pedagogies um, but the underlying philosophy, I think, is shared by many of these uh, uh, methods is that let's give more chance to the students to get students involved in even the creation of the curriculum and uh, and discover their own values and reflect on their future goals. Um, and we we as uh, in instructors and also have to be aware the moral influence of our everyday decision making on the students. So th these are the two things I, I think are important to keep in mind, no matter what kind of self-reflective uh, pedagogies you will be creating. And interesting, I think it struck me this idea that again, you know, teaching ethics as separate modules somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked a little bit before about having a checkmark approach, right? So mm -hmm. for instructors, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I taught mm -hmm. this model to my students, okay, they, they learn the word right. ethics, <laughs> not right. really sure sometimes what um, what are the consequences of that. But I think what right. you're talking about is the mindset, right? The habits right. of mind that students need right. to develop. I like mm -hmm. you kind of talking about this reflective approaches, which really fits with our uh, podcast, reflective teaching. But here's reflective learning and integration of this socio-technical thinking, right? So it's something that we need as an instructor, start helping students develop early on and really, really work on it throughout their um, degree program, right? So it's so right. really an approach to thinking. Yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, this is such a great comment, Natasha. I think um, if I understand it correctly that, in other words, we can also understand ethics as, as a lifelong learning uh, skill, right? It's more than just, you know, you. You, you get a like ethics module and then you complete the module, you 
you know, you get a grade and then you're done, right? Or um, we're assuming that basically students have, um, even we're, we're teaching engineering students, right? We don't really assume that, well, students, when they graduate, they've uh, learned all what they can learn as an engineer, right? You still have to keep learning um, in the workplace. I mean, ethics is the same thing, right? Ethics is a, like a, I would call lifelong project you have to, to work on. Uh, Confucius will say that um, you can, everybody has equal uh, equal chance in this sense to be a moral sage, but not everybody can become a, a moral sage eventually. But that doesn't really prevent us from improving ourselves on a daily basis because we're on the way toward a moral sage. So, which I think that's a really, really important uh, comment. The other thing I, I, uh, I, I found um, uh, interesting was you were saying the uh, the checking box uh, mindset in ethics education. I think that's really important to notice, to to really critically reflect on that. To be to be fair, I think many of the many of the uh, the colleagues, who, even who, who follow this check the box uh, approach, they 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 do it um, out of a goodwill. I think they do it because they want to do something for higher education. They think that educating students, teaching students some sort of like ethics is is by it's it's, it's intrinsically better than not teaching it. However, um, I would say that's not always the case um, because we as educators have also to consider the professional ethics of ourselves as engineering educators. Uh, there are chances that we, if we don't think carefully with design ethics module, it may potentially generate negative consequences. In other words, uh, in that sense, uh, teaching ethics in a like sort of like a, in an improper way, in a careless way can basically be worse than even not teaching it. For instance, this kind of like ethics module idea, right? We, we, we integrated a, a module in this class and then hopefully students can learn about it, which was better than, uh, than nothing. Um, I think it will have, it will, I mean, everybody knows it, right? It will probably have the potential danger of creating an impression or send a message to our students that ethics is only a module, a one small component of this engineering course. Secondly, Ethics is separate from uh, the technical content, right? Um, and ethics is something that comparable to law, maybe, um, and here is a misunderstanding of law as well, that you, if you meet this minimum requirements, then you are done. Um, in fact, um, then, then students probably would, their attention probably, probably would be drawn more toward this kind of sort of like a, we call preventative ethics uh, in engineering that we, our goal is to represent disasters from happening rather than creating good for the, for, for the society, right? So it always, you know, when, whenever you make a decision in the classroom uh, in terms of pedagogy or curriculum design, there will always be consequences. So that's something I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna say here. And then uh, uh, let, me, let me share with another, share with you all another example that I've discovered in my life, in just my experience teaching here um, at School Minds or elsewhere, is that um, some of the engineering colleagues that, um, again, don't get me wrong, they're really interested in making future moral engineers. And what I really feel a little bit problematic is that um, I have been uh, approached by uh, my colleagues who are engineering faculty, right? They will say, well, I have a meeting or I have uh, like an NSA panel I want to attend tomorrow, for instance, um, I have to travel to DC or to a different uh, location. Then I thought about what, um, uh, between you know canceling this class versus um, doing something else, I realized it's my moral obligation to teach, still teach students while I'm not here. So 
Chen, would you mind uh, coming to my class and offer this ethics lesson better than just canceling the class? So this is something I found it really, really problematic is that people think that, you know, having, inviting a philosopher, inviting some uh, ethics educator to the classroom, doing whatever they can, doing whatever they want is better than canceling the class. So I, I found it this uh, a little bit problematic. Chen, that was really... I don't know if it was amusing or interesting, but um, I wanted to ask you a question about for the instructors who will say, I find this to be really interesting. I want to do it, but I'm also constrained by the curriculum. I think your discussion about it being a technical content and not just something that is added on as an afterthought is really interesting. So um, your model talks about embedding ethics throughout the curriculum, mm -hmm. but what are some strategies people might use to do this, if given that they are not ethic experts like you are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think, Nicole, this is a really good question. I think it has been debated uh, in the literature, uh, in um, uh, at conferences. And I, I think there's a sort of like a really interesting phenomenon here is that um, ethics educators really, really, really want engineering uh, professors to integrate ethics or teach ethics in their classes. And the engineering faculty really want to do it for sure without any problem. However, there are a lot of institutional and personal constraints that are, are here that, that actually um, limit uh, our engineering colleagues, their, 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 uh, their capacity, basically. For instance, I mean, the engineering curriculum is, everybody knows is already really packed, right? If you create extra ethic, ethical uh, curriculum um, and well, it's unrealistic. And secondly, I mean, many of the engineering faculty um, um, would say, well, I was not trained as an ethicist. I feel I don't really feel confident to teach it. I mean, this is something I would say related to some sort of like uh, cultures in the engineering profession, because you only only work. I mean, look at the code of ethics, right? You, you only work in the in the areas um you you are trained in right you only work in the company your your competent areas i mean that's sort of like a really central to the engineering culture or engineering code of ethics for sure so i mean it's really common my engineering faculty colleagues will actually say that and thirdly i mean if engineering faculty want to do it they do it they do it well it will consume a lot of their time and it, it will certainly affect their time which otherwise could be could be used for research, right? So, but the uni universities often don't really have clear mechanisms in terms of recognizing the kind of like ethics education they're doing or uh, incentivizing uh, hard work they have been, that have been done. Um, but I, I, want to, I want to propose a couple of different ideas. One is ethics education is, we don't, let's not put all the pressure on, on the shoulder of, of engineering faculty colleagues, right? Ethics education again, it's a it's a system, right? If we expect engineering faculty to, to only expect them to teach ethics, then we should have the same or similar expectations about other stakeholders or other members of of the on the campus as well, like administrators, staff members, um, you know, even humanities professors, right? So to me, I think in general, I could be wrong that engineering faculty often can be really re sometimes can be really humble they realize their the limitations they're willing to learn from humanities professors uh to me i think humanities professors um it would also be good for them 
to be humble as well, to learn from engineering faculty, to learn the complexity of engineering and evaluate how the, the, the increasingly com complicated nature of engineering actually has already affected the ways fundamental humanities concepts are understood, such as free will, for instance, right? So I'm saying that more like sort of like a collaboration between, I mean, this is not a new idea, right? Between engineering faculty and humanities, more collaboration, more co-teaching can help, right? And the other thing is that I wanna give more confidence to engineering faculty. They actually know more about ethics than actually they, they themselves are aware. We should not limit ethics to a sort of like a philosophical concept. I think ethics belongs to everyone. But also be careful. I don't really like this American, you know, uh, rhetoric saying that, oh, oh, everybody can be an expert. Everybody can be an entrepreneur. Everybody can be a uh, sort of like an engineer. That's not that's not over the case. But I want to do say that um, there are some sort of like a more intuitive approaches to understanding ethics, like, you know, even thinking about as simple as how this particular uh, technological solution would impact what would actually impact people differently, right? Just this kind of like really, really simple, like, you know, natural extension of uh, tech of engineering education in the classroom would actually be helpful, right? We, we, we shouldn't limit ethics education to very limited, uh, you know, kinds of typical dominant approaches to ethics education, such as standalone course. No, 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 that's not something I'm, I'm proposing that even engineering faculty can do something maybe micro level, but can can generate broader impacts on students than they actually might think. Uh, they are, my engineering colleagues, they are, of course they're not ethics as experts, but teach ethics to students. It's just in some sort of like a, a less, um, less uh, explicit way, maybe. Um, so maybe something that my engineering colleague, colleagues can do is to, think for a second, you know, thinking about, okay, if I introduce this concept in this way, what moral impacts I would generate on students and how, how this will contribute to students, their perception of professional engineering and ethical implications of technology. Just think a little bit more about that. I, I think that would be really, really helpful. So do you also feel for sort of the structure of engineering departments when a department tries to figure out how do we teach ethics and uh, what it should look like, that this initiative should really be more for collaboration between, say, humanities and engineering and perhaps the uh, kind of collaboratively co-taught classes rather than, again, an engineering instructor just taking on the role of discussing ethics. Yeah. Um, how, um, yeah. So I would say yes. Uh, however, it's not always easy to find, uh, to have this kind of like environment at a university that actually encourages co-teaching or collaborative teaching, I would say um, really be creative thinking about um, how each of us can do to help build a uh, more uh, flourishing environment for students to grow as professional engineers. And don't do it just by yourself. Don't assume that um, you are the only person who is responsible for our future generation of engineers. Um, and, and I think as universities, well, it might be good for them to, uh, to build such environment. You don't really have to do much, but just encourage that kind of environment that welcomes collaboration across uh, different disciplines, across different 
maybe cultures, right? Uh, I mean, students will, will benefit from, from such environment, not only getting to know that, you know, different perspectives about ethics, but also sort of like, uh, you know, the environment itself is, is beneficial for them um, as, as well. Sort of like uh, intellectual curiosity, right? So, um, so I think, again, the, the, the culture of the campus, the culture of the university is really important. Um, sometimes it's probably is more fundamental than the more explicit ethics curriculum because the environment, it supports the explicit ethics curriculum, but also uh, gives meaning to the explicit, explicit ethics curriculum because thinking about we work so hard in, in this uh, engineering classroom and teaching about social justice and uh, to students. However, the university in general communicates a message to students that, well, um, uh, engineering is, is basically based on this merit, meritocratic, uh, you know, uh, foundation that, um, uh, you know, we only look at the grades you, you've achieved and we only, we always, uh, basically, uh, give special recognition to those people who basically have achieved a good grades and don't really consider, uh, the pathways with, through which our students become, uh, future engineers, right? So that will actually will give potential, potential meaning to this, you know, even the social justice module, right? The students were looking at, oh, well, that's not always the case. Basically, that's that that discussion only is limited to this classroom, and our professors basically are not authentic. So, I mean, I, I wanted to send this message to our, to our colleagues is that ethics education needs to be supported by an environment, it needs to happen in our environment. It cannot be done by a single person in a single class and for a single time. You know, just something that occurred to me, you mentioned early in our conversation that I think some of your research showed that first year in engineers have a greater interest. And I don't know, maybe I'm not citing it correctly, but they have greater interest and enthusiasm about welfare and mm -hmm. kind of ethical approaches. And this enthusiasm wanes <laughs> as they mm -hmm. go through the department. Do you think that's indicative just of the culture of this say, particular department or particular school that uh, where the conversations are not happening or maybe sort of the, the difficult technical part of engineering takes over? So there is mm -hmm. not much of emphasis on um, the sort of social technical right. opportunities. Right. That's a wonderful question. In fact, um, this is not my own invention. Um, it's, um, it's actually uh, one of the most important findings in the field of engineering ethics education or engineering education in general, um, mainly conducted by um, a sociologist, uh, Aaron Seck. Some, some people, actually, I still have a problem pronouncing the last name. Some people call Aaron Seck. Some people call Aaron Czech. Um, I asked Aaron and um, when I was a student, and Aaron said, um, basically, she was okay with pronouncing Erin Seck. Anyway, okay, so she and her team published this well-known article uh, titled The Culture of Moral Disengagement uh, in the Journal of Science, Technology, Human Values. And that actually was um, a while ago. Study was, well, the data was collected uh, probably around 20 years ago. Um, so just as this year, uh, my team, we actually, um, uh, was able to replicate her study and trying to find out, okay, after 20 years, uh, what about, you know, our current students, their perception of public welfare? So we actually were able to replicate, we were able to find the same, almost similar, the same finding as, as Erin. We, we haven't really, uh, replicated across cultures because that's our next task. 
we are we, we, we were able to replicate it across U.S. institutions. But our next task is to see whether this phenomenon actually at least the, the relatively high level of passion uh, around the public affair of engineering with that's kind of like a phenomenon actually we could find across cultures but that's our next step research so anyway so i think you and tasha you you mentioned a, a, a very interesting possible theory uh, for it is this um the the problems the education students uh, the problems students will, will get to solve the experienced students will get uh, in the following in the subsequent years will be less social uh, social and technical right um, like you know the first year like we teach students about their uh, the goal is to basically come their passion about engineering right the second and third year some people might say okay the fun time is done we're going to learn some really solid engineering science theories right in order to learn some fundamental uh, science engineering science theories now one of the approaches that let's make questions much simpler right so that students can understand how the scientific theories are applied in these engineering problems and eventually the goal is during the last year they will integrate back all these details into this uh the, the problems however that's again that's a few theoretical model it's not always functioning quite well right um during the last year uh, students may actually uh uh they already themselves checked out they, they find jobs and very we, we haven't really done a good job um, uh, working on senior design projects so students well then forget about all these different things anyways so the question is can we teach engineering students fundamental engineering scientific knowledge and skills competencies at the same time teaching these skills in ethically socially relevant way i mean that's a that's a challenge i, I put it here um, I, I haven't figured out. I hope my colleagues can um, can work toward that goal. But this is my question. Um, and, and, and secondly, Aaron Zek and Alice Polly and along with other, uh, Amy Sladen, uh, Donald Wrighty as well, the four greatest scholars in the field, they uh, I think their assumption, uh, their uh, theoretical explanation is basically that the second, third, or fourth year, students go through this kind of like a professionalization process. They get to be, they get to be familiar with, uh, and also, um, how to say this, like um, get familiar with this sort of like a dominant engineering ideologies, right? These ide ideologies include uh, meritocracy, technocracy, um, and these kind of ideologies, right? So, the more professional you are in engineering, the more your thinking your actions will be aligned with these dominant uh, engineering ideologies so therefore these colleagues at least at least some of them they say well in order to solve the problem we need to dismantle the ideological foundation of the engineering profession which is meritocratic which is technocratic which is uh, less democratic if we dismantle this foundation to rebuild it on the basis of uh, social justice equity and then these problem problems will be will be solved i think these problems can be addressed maybe from a variety of ways uh from the curriculum redesign pedagogical reimagination and probably more fundamental institutional structural change as well 
this is this is a really really important uh, issue for uh, all engineering educators again for university presence as well. So I think if we can solve that problem, then uh, we will. I'm very confident we'll generate a very promising generation of future engineers. Thanks, Jen. So I I've been thinking about this since uh, something you said about grades earlier. We know that I don't think I'm wrong here to say engineering students tend to be motivated by grades. I mean, a major part of engineering, teaching and learning is the assessment piece. And so I don't know what your stance is on this question I'm about to ask you. Seeing that integrating ethics is more of a mindset change and less of something where I can point to and say, I got this grade in this class. I'm now a fully ethical person. Mm-hmm. What can instructors do to bridge that gap? Like finding that middle ground between I need to cultivate an ethical mindset in my students, but they will rip me to shreds on my assessment, on my evaluation if I don't provide a grade to something. Like right. what What are things they can do where that is concerned? Yeah, this is a really good question because it's also a tough question that, um, well, speaking of grades, um, I, I, I'm recently working, uh, collaborating with uh, students and uh, colleagues on a paper looking at how grading itself um, uh, sometimes it's um, intertwined with uh, sort of like meritocratic ideas, right? So, but anyways, the, the thing I, I want to say is that imagine we as individuals, we as persons, right? In our life, we'll see a lot of we will have a chance to meet with a lot of friends. We'll make friends, we'll work with people, but eventually we realize some of the friends are not truly friends. They're not worth uh pursuing it's it's not it's it's not worth like you know spending time with them because these friends are not authentic friends, are not good friends. And of course, there are people who in the, in the workplace or where you interact with may not be good people to spend time with, right? There are many reasons for that. However, I have to say also very, very few um, situations in which we will actually, let's say, we want to hire, I want to make a friend with someone we or uh, we, we will work with a colleague, right? Or a university will recruit faculty members or students where a company will recruit uh, employees, very, very, in very, very few circumstances, we will actually ask these people to complete a survey. So very few chances will say, well, because based, you have to, in order to be, be my friend, I want to know you, you're a good person, so that please complete the survey, so I'll get to know whether you're a good person or not, right? So in the very, very, uh, what I'm saying is that we have to understand at least the ethics assessment, what is the goal of ethics assessment, right? And there might be multiple ways of uh, collecting evidence to see that where students have grown uh, in this uh, in engineering, for instance. There, of course, we, we need to come up with more practical uh, suggestions and ideas, right? So, which is not always easy, right? One of my colleagues actually remember I was telling you both that I was co-teaching a course with um, with a geophysicist, well-respected geophysicist, actually, he's my mentor in ethics education. So he actually told me once when we were trying to create students' personal ethics statements, he told me that, okay, now we ask the students to be authentic, to share the personal values they think are important for their future career for them as persons. 
ethical values, um, you know, these students are authentic, right? They are really honest. It seems to us it's difficult to give them like different grades. It's unclear if we give like a lower grade that do we mean that this student has a less morally valuable uh, system? Uh, or um, what does that mean? The student, I mean, it's just just hard, right? If we, we, we want a student to be honest, we want a student to be authentic, then we should give everybody just a full point. However, that's not or that's not what our education system actually works. In fact, if we give everybody the same grade, the students will not be happy. And our teaching evaluation probably will be terrible because the students student might say, well, this is it's unfair. It's interesting that if everybody gets the same grade, students are complaining. We are the professor is not fair. I just don't get it. But but anyway, students want to see differences, right? Even no matter what kind of like grades, uh, what kind of topics are. They want to say, if I invest my time, if I if if I invest my energy, I deserve a better grade than someone else. And that person sitting next to me deserves a lower grade. In fact, this kind of like inequity or different grades itself, ironically, um, according to students, they think that this is fair. Um, so what I'm saying is that the, I don't know if I, I've, I've provided much useful evidence, uh, helpful uh, advice, but, uh, but I think that we want to say that um, we don't want to assess, give grade to students because the students is um, is a student is aligned with a particular less popular ethical view, but we wanted to create a rubric that really focuses on um, some sort of like a, uh, higher level uh, abilities one students develop, such as how confident students are able to articulate their value system, no matter what kind of ethical value is, whether students actually have a reflective understanding, critical understanding of the strength and limitations of their ethical, uh, ethical, uh, ethical value system. Um, whether students have demonstrated a interest in uh, long-term moral learning goals, right? Whether student has um, demonstrated uh, a capacity, a capability to consider uh, diverse backgrounds of different people. Whether student has um, affected, uh, has demonstrated, you know, um, the connection between their everyday engineering practice of decision making with the people they'll be uh, they'll be affecting. Whether student has shown an empathetic attitude toward people um, uh, in the community, for instance. So what I'm saying is that we don't really give grades to, you know, just uh, fundamental ethical knowledge or skills. You know, whether students. We, we, we wanted to assess, give grace to students because they have demonstrated a higher level of uh, ethical, ethical learning um, outcomes. Do you think that maybe in this case, because like you're saying, you know, individual assessment is tricky, that yeah. perhaps sometimes looking at the team's climate right. of how ethics is integrated in the team and how different players, different team members interact with each other. Yeah. Um, right. is a better indicator, perhaps, of practicality of this knowledge. Right, right, exactly. That's a that's a really really good point. In fact, um, there's another um, there, there's another piece of information I realized um, I I want to share with you is um, I often I often talk with students, right? Um, like 
you know, I, I, I'm always interested in asking students, so tell me more about your experience working on teams, right? So students often will say, well, I think many of the, many of the questions, the concerns they, they, they raise about, you know, teamwork is, uh, are often related to team ethics, like, you know, uh, whether they, 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 whether they um, have been treated fairly by the team members, whether actually the instructor is aware of the ethical issues um, of teamwork, right? That's something I've always heard from students. The other thing is that I realized not many engineering programs, I mean, every engineering program does, you know, teamwork, but not every engineering program is um, aware of teaching or, or, or training students in a hierarchical structure. Uh, I'm not saying that's, that's good or bad. I'm, what I'm saying is that if we wanted to teach students about authentic engineering experience, we've got to teach students about what's actually happening in the workplace. In the workplace, the team, uh, most of the engineering teams are not, um, are not like, you know, uh, horizontal, right? Like, you know, everybody assumes the same role. In the future, in fact, most of the teams are hierarchical, right? You have a leader, you have people play different roles, and there's politics involved in it, right? So I don't know if, um, uh, if, if engineering uh, programs actually train students like that. But also the thing, same thing goes to less positive uh, aspects of workplace uh, cultures, right? So there are a lot of ethical issues that in the workplace, in the engineering profession, right? How do we prepare students for those unfair um, practices in the workplace and cultures, right? So that's another, another, another challenge I think myself uh, I have while I'm, while I'm teaching because I don't know whether it's good to introduce students about these negative aspects of workplace to students, uh, like sexual harassment, like uh, discrimination, like many things like um, prioritize corporate interest over uh, community uh, values, right? All these things, all the things. Do we want to expose students to these uh, really, really problematic practices in engineering? and in a really authentic way, or will, will then I realize as an educator, I realize it may be ethically problematic if we do that, because then we'll probably um, basically destroy the passion of our students. Students feel less interested in engineering. So I don't know. I feel like it's, we wanted to, to prepare our students for both good, bad, and ugly things in the workplace so that they will not be harmed later significantly. But at the same time, we have to do it carefully. Otherwise, we're destroying the passion cultivated in our students. And more students will then leak out of the system. I don't really like the pipeline metaphor, but it, it is what it is, right? So people then will say, well, more students are uh, leaving, leaving engineering. Anyways, so that's why I want to say um, complicated. <laughs> um, oh. Thank you, Chin. Um, we want to be, I want to be cognizant of your time, but I wanted to ask you this as it was playing around in my head. Usually we ask for guests, speakers for actionable insights, but in keeping with this discussion about ethics is not something you can plug in here or there to our listeners, for the practitioner who says, man, I really wish I knew where to start. Are there resources that you can point them to or things they should be, you know, reading or people to, they should be talking to. If right. So we're not doing the, as Natasha says, the checkbox. I talked about ethics one week check. 
But if they really want to integrate these things into their classes, what are some resources? That's a really good question. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. That's wonderful. So um, um, I really, um, I want to say that there are are a lot of uh, great resources um, uh, colleagues can find online. Now, one of them I think is really, um, that deserves more attention is this um, online ethics center for engineering and science. And um, there are two things um, I think I, I, because, you know, a little bit self-promotion because I'm involved uh, in this project and I, I know quite a few other colleagues in the field like Justin Hess from Purdue is also um, actively involved in this uh, group. So there are two, at least the two things I think are um, really, really good about this, um, this uh, resource. One is that if you go to this, uh, the website, you'll get to see like lot of resources in many different ways, in many different disciplines in STEM and, and also social sciences, actually. So resources you can, you can, you can find for uh, designing a uh, curriculum, you design a syllabus, and uh, uh, pedagogical tools you can use, right, for different purposes, and also, don't forget, also tools you can use to assess students, their understanding of ethics and engineering or in other uh, STEM fields. The second um, useful, um, second really valuable aspect of this resource is that uh, I think it was last year or maybe earlier this year, the, the Online Ethics Center have uh, has started to create online learning communities for colleagues who are interested in ethics, but uh, on different, um, different topics, such as so far we have had a online community practice on biomedical engineering ethics, we have an online um, com, um, uh, community on, you know, research, responsible conduct research, how to actually teach that to engineers. I think we have um, uh, another one on, you know, just on engineering ethics. So if folks are interested in these different uh, communities practice, they can go to the website and join these groups and they will, I think they will regularly organize activities and, you know, uh, discussions, how we, how people with the, I mean, that's a goal of uh, building a community practice, right? We share these uh, beliefs. We share the same different goals we want to achieve. So how we can help each other to, to, achieve, uh, to achieve these goals. So I think that uh, the Online Ethics Center certainly is a really, really important resource. And the other, the other thing I think is, um, you know, um, have, a, have a look at um, uh, some of these uh, textbooks, I think, which also would be useful. There, there, are, there are a couple of different different textbooks and some of the textbooks actually are quite accessible so even even if you are uh, you are you, you are not trained in ethics you uh, these books are pretty accessible to engineering engineering educators because these books were written for for the audience which is uh, the engineering educators not philosophers so I mean these textbooks you can also um, probably can 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 compare these different textbooks and generate some kind of like plan for that would would, would meet your own uh, goal. Um, yeah. So um, I don't know if there are other other resources. And I just want to mention that we will um, add the resources, the links to the resources okay. on our web page, so okay. listeners could could access this materials. Yeah. I, I will um, I will add that the other the other resources uh, is the National Academies Press website. They have free books actually. Um, you can download uh, many of the uh, again all, all of these books were compiled or written or edited for STEM professionals, not for uh, philosophers. So uh, and and I can I can list a, list it there as well. There are many other websites um, now, especially some of these websites 
were um, uh, like research outcomes of uh, projects funded by NSF. So uh, you can find a lot of resources on different topics there as well. So I'm happy to to compile a list of resources and share on the website. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chen. Thank you. Thank you, Chen. It was wonderful. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you.、Uh, thank you、um, both. And、um, I really enjoy talking with you. And this is wonderful activity.、Um, I, uh, I I really admire Manu working for you to uh, uh, creating these、uh, podcasts. I, I hope more people will benefit from the hard work. Thank, thank you so much. much.